Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The final hour of power here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge, Ruben Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we dish things over to Tech Talk Live. They'll get you up to speed with the latest on your Virginia Tech Hokies. Plenty to get to here in this final hour. We'll take a trip around the NBA before we get out of here. But right now, I want to continue looking at what's next for the Burgundy and Gold franchise. We all know about four days from now uh, begins one of the most impactful off-seasons in recent memory uh, for the Washington football franchise. Joining us right now via the BetQL guest hotline to try to forecast some of the decisions that will have to be made is our pal Trevor Sikama of Pro Football Focus. He's the co-host of the NFL Stock Exchange podcast, which you can catch on YouTube and wherever you download your podcast. Trevor, Happy New Year, my friend. Appreciate you giving me some time. A happy New Year to you as well. And, of course, man, it's anytime. Love talking ball with you. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Before we get into the burgundy and gold, man, I want to ask you, because I know you're a football junkie and you peep things that are going on in the football universe. Did you catch Rich Eisen and Adam Schefter going into a little bit more detail about the Lamar Jackson situation? No, I didn't. You're going to have to fill me in on this. So Adam Schefter joined Rich Eisen's podcast today and basically called poppycock on the idea that you know, teams were scared that Baltimore was going to match their offer sheet. And and Adam, you know, hell-bent on proving the point that, look, teams didn't even make the attempt uh, to have Baltimore, you know, try to match that deal. They didn't give good faith effort, and that's why uh, we have a collusion case that's still underway and folks are taking deposit or giving depositions right now on that. As we look in hindsight, <laughs> obviously teams like the Falcons, Washington, and a litany of other teams look pretty foolish for not going after Lamar Jackson. But what's your take on the whole situation? And then if you are a fan of either of these franchises, would you be upset uh, that your favorite organization didn't give good faith effort in trying to acquire a 26-year-old former MVP? Hell yeah, I'd be upset. He's about to win his second MVP. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look at him, he's about to win his second MVP, and he's still young considering the position. I mean, the way that Lamar Jackson has evolved, it's unbelievable. I mean, the MVP that he won uh, in his second year in the league, he was just taking the league by storm uh, as a rusher. Like, teams did not know how to defend the Baltimore Ravens' rushing attack. And I'm not saying that, that, that Lamar couldn't pass at the time. He certainly could. But it was just his unstoppable rushing attack, and he was the biggest puzzle piece because of that. This MVP that he's winning this year, sure, he's still a great threat as a rusher, but he's winning with it with his arm. Yeah. So you've got a guy now who's going to win two league MVPs, one of them with his legs, and then the <laughs> other one with his arm. I mean, it's quite just, literally it's, too, bro. Yeah. No, right. It, it, it's, and it's just he is such an unbelievable talent that when the Ravens allowed him to what, whatever the language was, you know, like seek yeah. a trade, you know, see what he can get out out there. The amount of teams that immediately came out 
and said, no, we're not interested. Yeah. Like the day, like the day of you had, you had to say for yourself, okay, there's a reason why Baltimore yeah. put him available because they've already talked to other teams and they already know, yep. you know, whether it was the Kirk Cousins contract or the Deshaun Watson situation or like whatever it was, they all came together and they basically were like, okay, we're not doing this fully guaranteed crazy contract stuff anymore. Like it, it's burning us way too bad. We're setting a bad precedent, all that kinds of stuff. And Lamar in his situation got burned for it. So yeah, I absolutely believe that there was collusion in this because there's no other way to explain right. it. What you're going to tell me because a guy's a rushing threat and oh, okay, he might take a couple of extra hits here and there. You're going to tell me that that's the reason why nobody was nope. interested in Lamar Jackson. Nope. I haven't believed that for one <laughs> second. And so, you know, I'm very happy for Lamar, you know, negotiates the contract by himself, yep. gets the contract that he wants. It's a successful team. Loves Baltimore. Uh, they're poised to win another championship. Very happy for how what happened with Lamar and how it ended for him. But uh, yeah, just an absolute ridiculous notion that uh, that there wouldn't be some kind of collusion here for a player like that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Trevor, here in the next couple of months to to see the results of that collusion case and if any teams end up getting fined or facing any or face any penalty for trying to you know work together, essentially against Lamar Jackson. Trevor, it's a very crazy situation. Reason I wanted to have you on, though, my friend, you do excellent work, you and Connor, on the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. Huge fan of your guys' work. Whenever I see the old W emblem, though, on your little YouTube preview video, I always tap in and go a little bit deeper into the content. I thought you guys did a brilliant job. We've been teasing it all show for folks to go check it out on YouTube. A full-blown hour of national perspective on the Washington Commanders. We appreciate you giving your insight, my friend. I want to get into that national perspective, though, of the Washington Commanders. I brand myself as the youngest in charge movement, Trevor, 26 years old. Haven't seen a lot of prosperity, though, here with this franchise. I thought you did a great job illustrating what the national perspective has been uh, for the Washington franchise since Dan Snyder took over and then the opportunity that they have moving forward here. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, I'm I'm 32 years old, and yeah. I'm I'm from Florida. I'm from just south of Tampa, so I didn't grow up anywhere near the East Coast uh, level where DC is. But I, you know, as a sports fan my whole life, I was always told that Washington had this 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 great rabid fan base, yeah. a passionate fan base, one of the biggest fan bases in the NFL. But I've never really seen it. I've never really experienced it. I was eight years old when Dan Snyder bought the team, and really since then, it feels like the popularity between him and the fans. I mean, it was always soured. It felt like that wasn't really a great organization to play for. Of course, you had uh, the entire team name debacle and the struggles there. And then, of course, you get to the lawsuits and the accusations against Dan Snyder. And so it's, it's just it never felt like it was this franchise that was a place where players wanted to go play. And that was like a, a legitimate storied franchise in the NFL. They just did not feel that way under Snyder. And, and now they have the opportunity to be something different. And so, you know, with Josh Harris buying the team or, or you know, I know it's the investment group, but he's kind of spearheading this. Right. It's a really interesting situation that they're in because they're basically going to have the rare ability to clean house entirely. New ownership, it's probably going to be a new front office, a new head coach, and a new quarterback especially if they're going to end up getting the number two overall pick. I know you guys have probably debated about Sam Howell, and we could have that conversation (laughs) at some point. But it it just sets up such a fascinating and obviously fun exercise of 
what could be coming in the next couple of months for the for the Washington Commanders. And you know, you look. I had a good time you know, looking up the background of Harris, who also owns the Philadelphia 76ers and also owns part of the New Jersey Devils. And you know, I went back and I was like, okay, well, how did he operate with those teams? You know, after he bought the teams, did he fire the GMs immediately? Did he go with you know, more of a, a football guy type of a type of a coach for, for those respective sports. Did he go for more of an analytical guy? And it's funny because he actually went more analytical with his first major hire for the 76ers with <laughs> Sam Hinkie, you know, the godfather of the process. Yes, and you know, he went with more of a football guy, I should say a hockey guy, yeah. uh, with Shiro, who is uh, the old Pittsburgh Penguins general manager, to come in and be the general manager for the New Jersey Devils. And so it's just it was it was fascinating looking at the time that he gave the current incumbent head coaches and general managers to kind of prove whether or not they should stick around and he should trust them. But then it was also fascinating to see what those other moves were uh, to take into, hey, what might he be doing with Washington here? So that was a lot of fun uh, for the exercise for me. Trevor, one thing I always say to our fans when we're on the air is that exude patience with this process. And I'm not talking about you know, 76ers patients where you got to be the bottom of the league for a couple of years in a row. But understand that Josh Harris and company aren't going to leave any stone unturned uh, in terms of trying to find the right guys for the job. Everyone talks about how attractive this gig is, Trevor, in terms of the cap space that they're going to be flush with and then five picks in the top 100 and then this this historic franchise and having the number two overall pick. But Trevor, when I look at this thing, I'd never want to put the, the chicken before the egg, so to speak, I think is the old adage. Them finding an elite evaluator of talent, to me, has always been the most important thing. And when you look at what's went wrong in the Ron Rivera era, he hasn't drafted a pro bowler, hadn't signed a free agent that's become a pro bowler. They're missing the talent evaluation piece. When you look into Josh Harris's background and then potential candidates that could be available, first of all, what type of front office structure do you anticipate with this group? And then are there any potential football guys out there who you could link uh, to be a potential worthy candidate of this job? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a more simplified front office. You know, there's a couple of positions they have now where, um, you know, Mayhew's kind of the general manager, right? And then then Herney's like the, okay, he's the VP of player personnel, things like that. And not to say that they're not going to have a a big front office. They could. I just think Maybe the structure is going to be and the decision-making is going to be a little bit more simplified, maybe um, less cooks in the kitchen, if you will. Maybe it'll be more, a smaller brain trust. You know, when it comes to the NFL draft or when it comes to those meetings of, hey, who do we want to go after? Who do we want to sign? Who do we want to draft? I think maybe it'll be Harris. It'll be one general manager, um, and then it'll be the head coach. And I think that that's kind of the circle that they'll probably look to build. If you're looking for a football guy as a general manager, there's a couple that come to mind, and we've been thinking about doing this um, with all of the fixture franchise stuff, we, we look at general managers. If it if it behooves the exercise, if we feel right. as though they're they're going to hire a general manager, Glenn Cook is somebody who I I like his background. He's the assistant general manager for the Cleveland Browns right now. He's actually interviewed for a couple of general manager jobs over the last couple of years uh, with the Titans, with the Bears. He was he he, he kind of came up through the pro scouting. He was a pro scout for the Colts and for the Packers, and then. He was a VP of player personnel uh, for the for the Browns over the last couple of years. He's just 39 years old, so he's a younger dude. But uh, but I think that he's got a lot of football experience to him. Ed Dobbs in the Indianapolis Colts front office right now. Um, he was part of the front office and scouting staff that 
built the Legion of Boom in Seattle before he went to the Indianapolis Colts, and he's been there for a long time. They absolutely love him. His name comes up consistently for general manager gigs, but he does like the spot that he's got in Indianapolis working with Chris Ballard, so it would kind of be tough to pull him away. Another guy I'll throw out there, another football guy is, is John Spitek from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, I like he's, him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you know he's worked under Jason Light for a long time now in Tampa, and Jason Light is one of the best drafting GMs in the NFL. He's one of the best player evaluating GMs in the NFL. Uh, Tampa's free agents, Tampa's draft picks, really over the last, I would say, four to five years have been fantastic. I mean, the hit percentage on the guys that they have brought in has been really, really good. And so getting to work with Jason Light and, and understanding his process and, you know, becoming the general manager or the assistant general manager, having uh, 20 total seasons in the NFL coming up to the scouting departments. I mean, that is somebody who also has the background. So those are three football guys that, if I think they want to go that direction, yeah. you got to look into. You probably got to give those guys a call and give them an interview. Yeah, all three very worthy candidates that you just listed for us there, Trevor. I, this process is going to be so fascinating. As I continue to say, you don't want them to leave any stone unturned. All the names you mentioned, I'd be very pleased with. In, in terms of team building strategy here, do, do you expect you know, Josh Harris and company to to look at an organization and try to emulate their structure? Or do you think, you know, they've got their own vision for how they want things to go? Yeah, I don't know if they'll try to exactly copy somebody else. Certainly, it's, it's sort of a copycat league in a lot of ways where you look at what other teams are doing. And, you know, for example, uh, you know, two strategies that really come to my mind. You look at Miami, what Miami has done over the last couple of years and what Mike McDaniel has been doing with that team. It's emphasized on speed, right? They've replaced a lot of guys on that right. roster and, like, we're going to be faster than you. We're going to out-athlete you. That's type. never going to be the question. And we've seen them do things like boat race the Denver Broncos 70-20 to 20 because of it, right? And now they are poised for a playoff spot because of things like that. So maybe that's a team philosophy that they want to go after. You can look at what Howie Roseman has done with the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, consistently drafting premium positions in the trenches. I mean, that is where all their money goes. That's where all their premium draft picks goes. It goes into the trenches. And they've got some of the best, you know, trenches over the last couple of years. Certainly last year they were absolutely on fire on both sides of the ball, and they're poised to be strong there over the next couple of years because of it. And so maybe that's something that you go for. But it's always a little bit different. And I think that they've got to do a great job of evaluating the roster that they have because unlike the previous two situations where Harris has taken over, where he's been a little bit more patient with big splashes, moves, changes in leadership, things like that, they, I think, should be cleaning house when it comes to Monday of next week. And they have a really good opportunity, like you mentioned, to lure somebody in to have a lot of control on yeah. this roster. There's not a ton of guys where it's like, hey, you know, you can take over the roster, but you know, you got to stick with this quarterback or you, you're stuck with this offensive line or whatever that is. You mentioned they've got five top 100 picks. They've got the second most effective cap space to spend coming up. And they got a lot of premium positions to fill. So those identity cornerstone players of your roster, quarterback, offensive tackles of the future, pass rushers, edge rushers specifically, all of those guys 
some of them. Well, I guess you're not going to fill them all in one right. season. No, I hear what you're saying, though. You're going to get a couple of those cornerstone guys right here away. this year. And, right. it's, and it's going to be an important decision to make. And so I agree with you. I, I, I never really felt like Washington, no matter what status the, the franchise was in, whether they were in a winning window or not, I never felt like it was that alluring of a job yeah. because Snyder was always looming. That's not the case anymore. Now they have a ton of flexibility. They've got an owner that is experienced, that is willing to do what it takes to win. And that, to me, is so, so alluring uh, for a guy to come in and take this job. We're joined by our pal Trevor Stickham of the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. He's also the co-host of the NFL Stock Exchange podcast with Connor Rogers. You can get that wherever you download your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Trevor, I want to let you go on this, my man. Appreciate you giving us some time, as always. You and Connor had a very interesting philosophical conversation in terms of where Washington should be looking when it comes to their next head coach, whether it's offensive-minded guy versus a defensive-minded guy. And I thought your pitch for an offensive-minded guy was very good. You know, you're going to have a number two overall pick. You're probably going to be drafting a franchise quarterback. When you look at the numbers of it all, that's the best way to get your franchise back on track is having an elite quarterback. So offensive-minded guy makes sense. But in terms of defensive-minded candidates, who do you like? And then what is your thought process on going with a defensive-minded head coach and then a seasoned veteran coordinator uh, to work hands-on with that young quarterback? What do you think of that yeah. approach? Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly could, right? Uh, you know, offensive or defensive-minded head coach, certainly it, it, it has to do with how you build out the rest of your coaching staff and, you know, how hands-on you might be with different parts of the roster. But, you know, being a head coach, is you're, you're, you're being a CEO. You know, you, you've you got to control so many other things, and there's so many things that uh, – there, there's great coordinators who didn't pan out as head coaches just because – you know, either they can't take their hands off of one side of the ball or they just don't know how to delegate, things like that. So ultimately what makes a great coach is a leader, a CEO, somebody who is not only comfortable in what they're doing, but also comfortable in their evaluation of people, their staff around them, and the confidence to be able to delegate those things. So that first and foremost yeah. is what makes a good head coach. But, you know, I look at if you want to go younger on the defensive side of the football, you look at a guy like Mike McDonald and what yeah. he has done with the Baltimore Ravens defense. He's just 36 years old, but he has shown that he can work with a variety of different positions. Uh, you think he's been a defensive backs coach. He's been a linebackers coach. Uh, I think he's been a defensive assistant, a defensive lines coach as well. Uh, was successful when he went to the University of Michigan with what he did with those defenses before coming back to Baltimore. So he's kind of that cutting edge, young, hot shot defensive coordinator, I think could get a shot. Uh, I'm a big Dan Quinn guy uh, yes. when it comes to that CEO type of, yeah. of head coach. If you wanted to go that defensive side of the ball, I think that he should get a shot. I think Raheem Morris as well for what he has done on the defensive side of the ball with the Los Angeles Rams over the last couple of years. You know, he got, he got. I, I will say it, just as somebody who lived in the Tampa area at mm -hmm. the time, when he was a head coach for the Buccaneers, he was 32 years old, and he was set up to fail. That entire situation, he was completely set up to fail. And so the fact that he was already a head coach and he only lasted three years and the team didn't play very well – He's a different guy. He's got a different perspective, and I think that if you actually gave him a fair shot, he'd be a dang good head coach. So those are two guys or three guys that I would throw out there. You got you got a guy like Jim Schwartz and Brian Flores as well. Those guys are a little bit more seasoned. If you want to go that veteran approach, I think those guys are, man, two fantastic defensive coaches right now this year. So they're definitely 
hitting it hot with an opportunity to get a, uh, a head coaching look. But those are some of the names that I would throw out there, both young and old. Trevor, appreciate your work as always, my friend. It is your time, your time of year where you get your shine on and I look forward to your draft evaluations and you fixing the rest of the franchises across the NFL, my man. Appreciate you giving us some time. I, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun getting to do that, so uh, so I really enjoy it. I appreciate you, brother, anytime. Yes, sir. That is Trevor Sikkim, ladies and gentlemen. Simply the best. Make sure you give him a follow on the old Twitter app at Tampa Bay Trey uh, for the latest across the National Football League. I uh, always love catching up with him. Somebody said there during our conversation that really, like, wanted and led me to ask him to come on here is, this philosophy, and I've talked about it a couple of different times here on Overtime, offensive-minded head coach versus defensive-minded head coach, which way makes the most sense to go? There are so many different examples across the league of both working, but I want to just look at the defensive-minded coaches across the NFL right now here for a quick second. Robert Sala with the New York Jets, I think is doing a pretty decent job. Doug McDermott. With the Buffalo, excuse me, Sean McDermott for the Buffalo Bills doing a pretty darn good job. Bill Belichick with the Patriots. We all know how that situation is. Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. You got, uh, I got Dennis Allen with the Saints, Todd Bowles with the Bucks, Pete Carroll with the Seahawks, Mike Vrabel with the Titans, D'Amico Ryans with the Texans. I, I listed all those guys not just to show off my NFL intelligence. But, like, there's there's more defensive-minded head coaches than you probably realize. And to me, they've had a lot more success than I think we're willing to give them credit for. But the one thing I will say is the difference between successful defensive-minded head coaches and unsuccessful ones is quarterback. Pete Carroll has figured out quarterback with the Seahawks. He had Russell Wilson. And then you see Geno Smith's career being revived right now. So it works when you have that franchise signal caller. Think about the success that Mike Vrabel had when he initially got the Tennessee job. He was coaching his ass off, of course. Defense was balling. Derrick Henry's obviously him. But a lot of it was predicated on Ryan Tannehill and what he was able to do and how much they were able to put on his plate offensively. You got to have the quarterback. Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. We know how it goes. Yeah, they're good within the trenches. But ultimately, him not finding an answer at quarterback post-Ben is why folks are talking crazy about the Steelers. D'Amico Ryans with the Texans, someone that's come in there. And D'Amico is my favorite example. Him and Vrabel, I think, are cut from the same cloth in terms of what makes them dynamic leaders. That's why I love Mike McDonald. Your ability to relate to players, I don't care how much X's and O's you know, your ability to relate to the guys, your ability to be authentic and have the guys appreciate that, that matters. You got to be able to get the most out of your players. And I think for a while here in Washington, players weren't playing for Ron Rivera. They are playing for their brothers next to him, which is great. They're also playing for the name on the back of the jersey. I want someone that's going to come in here, set a standard of excellence, demand greatness. I keep using the Texans. D'Amico Ryan's just retired within the last decade. He's been in an NFL locker room. He knows what it takes.
to win at a high level. He is a defensive-minded head coach, though. They went out and they drafted two franchise cornerstones this year. C.J. Stroud at the quarterback position, and then Will Anderson defensively. Two franchise cornerstones. But the one thing I continue to point to is just because he's a defensive-minded head coach didn't stop him from taking a quarterback early. But guess what? They had a plan. He brought over Bobby Slowick uh, from the 49ers. He built an offensive coaching staff that's got depth to it. Me and Craig Hoffman were tossing around the scenario of Dan Quinn and where he went wrong in his time in Atlanta. He hired Kyle, who was the offensive whiz kid, got to the Super Bowl. They ultimately lost. But when Kyle departed for San Fran, that was the start of the demise of Dan Quinn because he didn't have foresight when he put together his staff. I want to have foresight when I put together my staff. If I have a defensive-minded head coach and I'm hiring a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who I know is going to be able to get a job, I'm making sure Eric's staff is able to bump up everyone, go up a level once Eric takes another job. Don't be like the Atlanta Falcons. And I think if Dan Quinn gets another bite at the apple in terms of being a head coach, that is where he will make his biggest difference. That is where he will show the most growth. Being prepped for success. Sounds crazy to say, right? Being prepared for success. Look at Atlanta. MVP season for Matt Ryan, and after that, they have been searching for offense ever since. It's more than one way to do it, ladies and gentlemen. You just got to have the proper plan in place. Take a quick time out. Half hour left to go in the show before we hand things over to Tech Talk Live. When we return, we'll take a spin around the National Football League and look at all the big picture storylines heading into week 18 of the NFL. The season wraps up on Sunday. We'll look at all the top storylines around the National Football League next here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. It is overtime here on 1067 The Fan. We are always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It is the youngest in charge, Will Bittlenell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. 
about 20 minutes left to go in the program. We've had a ball here tonight. Plenty of good information for y'all. We give a big shout out to our pal Trevor Sycamore of Pro Football Focus hopping on with us in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with Tampa Bay Trey, uh, make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go to the top of the 9 o'clock hour to hear my conversation with Trevor Sycamore. Breaking down this Washington Commanders off season and the moves that they need to make moving forward. Uh, he gave us a pretty good list of candidates. We read Ben Standings list of head coach candidates. Trevor Sycamore giving us some personnel candidates in terms of the GM. In a nutshell, though, man, a long offseason ahead for the Burgundy and Gold. A lot of big-time decisions that still have to be made. As I said at the top of the show, I will continue to say it uh, as we move on here throughout the next couple of months. This is the best time ever, ever, to be a fan of the Burgundy and Gold. New ownership, optimism, respectability around the National Football League. You've got an opportunity, talking about the Josh Harris group, they've got an opportunity to turn Washington into one of the first-class organizations in all of the National Football League. We should relish that opportunity as fans. It's time. We've suffered for long enough. And finally, it feels like come January 8th, Black Monday, we can officially get this process started. Uh, we'll have more guests on over time throughout the offseason, like Trevor Sycamore, to give us that national perspective of what the folks are thinking uh, about those Washington commanders. And it was honestly cool hearing Trevor say it. He's a, a younger guy like myself, a little bit older, but he gets it. For years, when folks talk about this group at the national level, it's always about, yeah, they got cap space. Yeah, they're willing to spend money, but Dan Snyder. And the fact that we finally freed ourselves of that stench, I think it means this offseason is going to smell damn good. <laughs> That's what that means. want to go around the National Football League here for a second, though. Getting geared up for Week 18 in the NFL. Uh, playoff races in both conferences. Not settled, but we'll get clarity and know exactly what's going on uh, coming up on Sunday. There's some matchups this weekend that I wanted to pay attention to. There are also some storylines that I want to pay attention to as well. I haven't gotten the opportunity to do too much around the NFL talk. A lot of commanders, news, and notes. But can we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles? Can we talk about what's happened here in the last month with Howie Roseman's bunch? As we sit here right now, looking at the playoff standings, the Eagles are the five seed in the NFC. And they're going to be the five seed no matter what. They're locked into that spot. Super wild card weekend. The Eagles will either travel to Atlanta, Tampa Bay, or New Orleans in the wild card round of the playoffs. Based on what we've seen, offensively from Philadelphia, based on what we've seen on defense from Philadelphia. They don't want to play the Buccaneers. You can bet your ass they don't want to play the Buccaneers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Josh Palmer. They got dudes on that side of the football. Rashad White. Okay, mess around if you want to. Honestly, this collapse that we've seen in season from Philadelphia is one of the more disappointing ones in recent memory. 
remember me and my boy go back and forth all the time about this stretch in their schedule and how difficult it was where they had to take on, it was Miami, Washington, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, Seattle. Tough stretch. When you look at the Eagles and what they've done here over the last five weeks, losers of four out of their last five, their only win comes against the lowly New York Giants. They lost to the Cardinals last week at home. They got mollywopped by Dallas. The Niners put the belt to their ass. They damn near lost one to the Buffalo Bills. They almost lost one to the struggling Chiefs. The big question that exists right now in Philly is, are their defensive issues fixable? You saw Nick Sirianni pivot and let Matt Patricia call the plays defensively. And then then what happens? You give up 25 to the Giants and then 35 to the Cardinals last week. They didn't make my Super 6-pack this week. I'm, I'm almost ready. And this is dangerous because whenever you do this, a team normally comes from the dead. I'm ready to put a fork in the Philadelphia Eagles. I truly am. And I wonder what happens this offseason. Is that Jalen Hurts' money about to start kicking in? And to be one and done in the playoffs after making the Super Bowl last year? Woof! There is trouble uh, in the city of brotherly love. Something else I wanted to look at. Who wins the AFC East? I told you it's a monster slate in the NFL this weekend. Every game has major playoff implications, it feels like. What we get to witness on Sunday night, Bills, Dolphins, from Hard Rock in Miami Gardens, Florida. Bills are three-point faith, seven and one at home. Something's got to give. I got on here about a month and a half ago, right when the Bills were starting to enter their little run. I said, man, look, no one wants to play the Buffalo Bills. Their loss to Philadelphia, to me, was the turning point in the season. No, I'm sorry. Even before that, I remember when they lost to Denver in primetime at home. Everyone was ready to put a fork in Buffalo. They've got to figure it out here the last month plus. Winners, five out of their last six. They wrap up the season this weekend at home, or excuse me, on the road against Miami. And the reason I constantly bring up the Buffalo Bills is to me there are nine teams in the NFL, genuinely. There are nine teams that should legitimately feel like they got a chance to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo, to me, is one of those teams. And depending on the seeding, and the Buffalo Bills may be the most dangerous team in the AFC. Who the hell wants to play Buffalo? Who the hell wants to play Cleveland? It's going to be a crazy, crazy playoffs. Uh, Starting... In about a week or so, man, Super Wild Card weekend, next weekend, Saturday playoff game, Sunday playoff game, Monday playoff game. Can't wait. Can't wait. If you're just hearing me say what I said for the first time, I think there are legit nine teams who should feel like they could win the Super Bowl. Buffalo, Detroit, Cleveland, Miami, Kansas City, Baltimore, Dallas, San Francisco, and I'm missing a team. I just named the Eagles. Sorry, the Eagles are a nine. All those teams should feel like they can legitimately win the Super Bowl. And it's what the National Football League wanted. Parity. Any given Sunday was proven to be accurate this year more than others. Next man up mentality. 
believe it's 18 starting, or excuse me, 18 backup quarterbacks that we've seen play this year. It's time. Can't wait. Plenty of good stuff coming up in the offseason. Got the commanders and their coaching search. And then we get to sit back and watch the playoffs. Our producer, Uptown Don, says something to me, man. When we get into these months in the offseason, it's when we start talking hoops again. That's how we we'll wrap up the show. We come back, give you the latest on my thoughts with the Washington Wizards. That's next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. One final segment here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. About nine minutes to go. Dish things over to Tech Talk Live to get you up to speed with the latest on your Virginia Tech. Hokies, been a grand old show here tonight. I want to thank producer behind the glass, Uptown Don. I want to thank Trevor Sykema and Michael Phillips of Pro Football Focus and the Richmond Times-Dispatch for joining the program. Uh, always good to catch up with those folks. I promise we talk a little bit of round ball before we get out of here. There is, first of all, there's a bunch of good college basketball on. But there is a thriller that our pal Uptown Don is in the studio getting to watch. Just ended, I believe. Bucks 125-121 winners over the San Antonio Spurs. But it was one of the first times we get to see Giannis uh, versus Victor Wembanyama, And it did not disappoint. Didn't have... Super high expectations for this game because the Spurs stink. The Bucks don't. But Wemby versus Giannis did not disappoint. <laughs> when I read you the stat line, your, your jaw may drop. 26 minutes for Victor Wembanyama, 29 points, 9 rebounds on 10 of 18 shooting, 
five blocks. He is living up to the hype. I I damn sure expect him to end up being one of the all-time greats if he can stay healthy. What he's doing is just freakish, man. There's some highlights that I retweeted out on my Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Just absolutely phenomenal in transition. I mean, it's just all types of good stuff uh, for Victor Wembanyama tonight. I've been super impressed by what we've seen from this young man. I can't wait uh, for the San Antonio Spurs to stop tanking and get some darn talent uh, around our guy, Victor Wembanyama, man. But it's going to be fun to watch him work uh, here over the next couple of seasons. His French teammate, Blau Koulibaly, starring for your Washington Wizards. Uh, they got the night off. They're in Cleveland uh, facing the Cavs tomorrow night for the second straight game. Excited to see that one. You all know I've spent a lot of time in that Washington Wizards locker room this year, so I'll continue to bring you what I know onto these airwaves, what I can report and tell you that's accurate. I'll bring to you, man. But uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch the NBA regular season play out as we wrap up these NFL playoffs. But as we've been saying all show long, NFL king and premium right now. Week 18 of the regular season wraps up on Sunday Night Football with Bills and Dolphins. And then it's Black Monday. I'm on Black Monday, 630 to 10, uh, right here on The Fan. If you want to tap in with our game day coverage, no Burgundy and Gold game day live this week, but myself and the DOC will have the post-game show with you. And then normally he says when he kicks me off the air, it gets X-rated. It gets, you know, the PG version of the show is out the window. Myself and Denton Day will take you into the early hours of Black Monday as Josh Harrison Company have a huge decision to make coming up on Sunday after the season finale against Dallas. A lot going to change here uh, within the next couple of months for the Burgundy and Gold as well as your Washington Wizards. That's going to do it. I want to thank our producer, Uptown Don, behind the glass. I want to thank Trevor Sikkim and Michael Phillips for joining the show. Tech Talk Live. A little Hokies preview and update coming up next here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.